You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, we got to do PFF today for sure. We got to rip through the grades. I want to do that kind of quickly, but I tell you what, I have never had, and I appreciate all of you for this, I have never had so many people send me so many, I don't know if it's just because there are so many, um, so many different laughing at the enemy highlights that I can use. I have so many tabs open right now. And yes, I, I do have different ways. You know, I can put it in different notes or whatever, but this way I know I'm going to use it. You know, it's just, it's just sitting there. I'm not going to forget about it. I think what we're going to end up doing, not to say that we won't have a laughing at the enemy episode because we very well may, but there are so many and, and not all of it's even negative. I mean, there's, there's a lot of positive, just positive talk about the Packers that we also got to do. But I think we're just going to have to mix some of these in as we do other stuff, just randomly, you know, like here's a, you know, we we'll do PFF. Uh, also, here's a video of a Vikings fan crying for four minutes and then we'll get back to it. <laughs> That's not a real thing. I wish it was. But I'll tell you what, why don't we go ahead and actually get started with that uh, before we break into um, PFF. Let's uh, start ripping through some of these tabs. Tabs. Why don't we check in first with, well, I think the most appropriate would be Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans, how we doing? Uh, I'm going to do this now, and I was going to wait, but I can't make him wait. Shay and Irving joining us on the program. Shay? Danny? Yep. I went to hell without dying last night. The fat man did it again. You freaking said it, Danny. You're the number two seed in the NFC. All the playmakers are healthy. Roster chock full of pro bowlers. Easiest route to the NFC Championship game since I don't know when. And you come out and get beat. Beat worse than a freaking Palestinian protester at a Greg Abbott rally. Dak looked awful. CD looked like a convalescent. Danny, this secondary looked like they were skin-popping vials of ketamine. And at the silver spoon, if Stephen Jones had any testicular fortitude he'd have his daddy committed to a freaking insane asylum run to la give jim bar a blank check and beg him to come to dallas what was halftime like at the house <laughs> depressed <laughs> let me ask you this danny let me ask you this with jerry depressed. if the roles were reversed do you think jerry jones would give one iota where he put himself in Maybe you'd just get a new team. That's sacrilegious. Danny, you can't do I was born into this pain, Danny. This is in, this is all I know. How do you do this? 
Feels like every year at this time I could play a phone call from you and it would sound kind of the same. <laughs> Not like this. Green Bay could have put the same spot on Danny. It wasn't like this. No. No, 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 no. Not against the number C. No. Not like this, Danny. This is otherworldly. This wasn't just a beating. This was judgment from a higher power. This was <laughs> awful. Well, your fourth quarter looked pretty good. Oh, I swear, Christ oh. on a cross, Danny. Stop it. <laughs> Nothing will make this day better. You know, they looked, oh, they, oh. you know who had the money line on the Packers and the uh, Cowboys? Me. Dylan, the graphics guy, had the uh, the Packers winning the game. Oh, yeah, I'm well aware of what that's like. <laughs> you think he doesn't have any blame in this? You got another thing coming. All right. How's the day going to be? Awful, Danny. I, I ain't got out of bed. I'm pacing in the bedroom. I don't know where the hell the kids are, the roommates somewhere. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Dog probably needs to go outside. That's for damn sure. You going to work? Hell no, Danny. Okay. I can't. No. Maybe you need to get out of the house, okay? Uh, Danny, I couldn't tie my shoes today without breaking into a sweat. I'm so freaking mad. I'm, I'm beside myself, Danny. I can't believe you get beat like that. At home, number 17 to a quarterback who snuck into the freaking playoffs. The fat man did it again. He's going to go. I'll talk to you later this week. <laughs> Whatever, Danny. Whatever. That's Shea and Irving. And I told him when we were doing our gambling podcast, and Dylan takes the money line. He takes the Packers. And then Shea is just livid. He, he's just not having anything to do with that. The possibility that they could lose that game. And here we are. That was the biggest surprise of the weekend to me. Not only losing, but how they lost that game. What have I always said to Bears fans? You freaking do it to yourself. I don't feel bad for you because you do it to yourself. Why was that so painful? Why did Jerry Jones say that was the most painful loss he's ever experienced? Why are Dallas Cowboys fans saying, of all the losses, this is the worst? You know why? Because apparently, and I wasn't aware of this because I haven't been a Dallas Cowboys fan all year, apparently they thought they were a lot better than they were, and apparently nobody told them what the Packers have been doing recently. They believe their own crowd. Like, I, I took a gander at their record, and it was like, it was funny because I forgot if it was my own stream or if it was uh, like Ramage or something. I don't know. But a Dallas Cowboy got on, and um, he... Uh, he started talking about just stuff, and I was, I was like, "Just tell me who." It must have been on uh, derailed because I think we were we were looking at it, and I was kind of looking at it live. And I'm like, "They haven't beat anybody. They haven't beat a single good team." And, and, and the only thing that guy said, and you got to, you're you're a fan of the team, you know every single win, every single loss, right? And I said, "They haven't beat a single good team. What's the best team they beat?" And his answer was Detroit. And at that moment, I knew, yep, they haven't beat anybody. If he thinks Detroit is a really good team that they just beat. He doesn't have a freaking clue what's coming. And they don't. They genuinely thought that they were a really good team, and, you know, we haven't lost at home, and we, we, we're we a freaking juggernaut and all this stuff. And then you, 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 you mentioned the Packers, and you're like, Packers are pretty good. And they're like, you almost lost to Carolina. So, so that's what you've built up in your head. You've got this team that that is trash, that nearly lost to the Carolina Panthers, coming into Dallas, which is an undefeated thing, and we're not gonna we're not gonna analyze ourselves in any serious capacity whatsoever. We're just gonna say that we're undefeated. 
And that's it. That's all we're going to say. We're not even going to recognize what historically has happened. I mean, look, it's not as bad of a loss as you think, but it is as painful as it is because you just refuse to have any amount of common sense at any point in this. Nobody gave you any real analysis at any point. Apparently, nobody in the national media did. None of your Dallas Cowboys people did. The only guy that got any sense of truth that was a Dallas Cowboys fan was the guy that snuck into our stream the other day. And he heard it from me. It's unbelievable. And it, I mean, I'm, I'm being sarcastic a little bit, but I mean, I, I have seen a little, like, I was surprised. I didn't interact with a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans, but I was surprised because that's what I noticed. That's what I witnessed. And that's what I've been hearing from a lot of other Packer fans is they just refuse to believe that it's even possible. They, they are, they are beyond, beyond, beyond confident. And I'm just shocked. Like as a Packer fan, we were never like that ever in the playoffs ever. Maybe like against the Giants in 2011. That might have been the only time. But Dallas has been getting the crap beat out of them in the playoffs for like 30 years. It's seriously coming up on 30 years since they've done a freaking thing in the playoffs. You haven't learned your lesson yet? How do you have that much confidence? As Packer fans, after a while, we kind of just figured, yeah, here comes the loss. Like, that implosion's coming at some point. You hoped it didn't. You you felt some level of optimism. Again, 2020, you kind of, and again, I think this was kind of their 2020. You really started to believe. You really started to get into it. But I, I don't think there was a point where we felt like it was impossible. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. Anyways, why don't we start digging into uh, some of the PFF grades? We got some good stuff here. Honestly, I've I've basically just glanced at them at this point. All I do anymore is I'm like, oh shoot, the grades are out, and then I look at it and I just see it who's at at the top and who got the elite grades. I'm like, dope, dope, and that's it. And then I move on. So we're gonna do this one together. I got a general idea, but I didn't do a lot of the deep digging. Um. I guess we'll start with special teams. I was planning on, I was thinking about just skipping it, but let's look at it. Two really bad grades, Corey Ballantyne and Jaden Reed, whatever. And then the two, we'll call it three good grades, Christian Welch with a 69, Eric Wilson with a 70, Zane Anderson with a 72. I feel like I should play that the more you know music. Uh, Not surprisingly, what I do know is this was an offensive domination, right? I think there were like three players on defense that had good grades really good not even necessarily numerous but the grades that were good were real good so on offense 22 players took a snap obviously some not many 22 players took a snap eight of them were positive so one third were um good we're talking 70 or higher 12 so about half were average or better and then obviously the rest being worse Let's uh, let's go through this again. I'm, I am stunned at how bad this person is at stuff. Um, he only played three snaps, but somehow managed to have this bad of a grade in three snaps. Royce Newman, for whatever reason, was back on the field. Three snaps and had a 37.5 grade. I'm just beyond amazed at his ability to be this bad all the time. Uh, at Coming in 21st overall is Sean Ryan who occasionally has some really good grades, but when he doesn't, he's awful. He had a 42.5 PFF grade, 39 pass blocking, 45 run blocking. Coming in 20th was Tucker Craft. A little bit upsetting, but 
everybody's do their down day. And we had Musgrave out there kind of, well, certainly picking up the slack and we'll get there. But he had his uh, first bad day in a while, a 47.5 PFF grade. Coming in 19th, played six snaps, Patrick Taylor, 48.9 grade. 18th, uh, another guy that just is is uh, begging to be replaced is Josh Myers. I thought maybe he was kind of turning a corner, but here he sits with a 53 PFF grade. At 17th, a little bit sad, but again, all these guys just kind of take turns as far as the pass catchers. Jaden Reed, 53.6 grade. At 16, Josiah DeGuara, 55. At 15, Bo Melton. That's his uh, first down game of, the, uh, of, of his ever. At 14, you got Yash Nyman at a 59 grade. Uh, at 13, Christian Watson, 59. 12th, <laughs> with a perfect 60, which makes sense, is Sean Clifford. Uh, three handoffs, I think, right? Yeah, he had three handoffs. 11th was Rashid Walker. Rashid actually is kind of a bit of an anomaly because he had a perfectly average grade, but that doesn't really represent what he did. He was bad as a run blocker and freaking elite as a pass blocker. We'll get into that. Uh, Elton Jenkins, uh, 61 grade. He was pretty average across the board. John Runyon with actually a semi-positive grade, 66.4. And I think that grade is absolute nonsense. I don't understand these grades, man. 62 run blocking, 82 pass blocking. That should be at least like a 75 overall. I don't know how you get a 66 out of that. Of, of all their methodology that I'm willing to just concede that they know what they're doing, that's the one I'm, I'm sticking my flag in that's stupid. The eighth best grade, and we're finally in the 70s now, Emmanuel Wilson, who continues to impress even in his little bits here and there. Um, he has a 78 PFF grade, actually as a 2023 rookie. I I really think there might actually be something there. Be interested to see if he starts to get a little bit more of a role um, in the future. I don't know. At number seven, the guy that just refuses to be anything other than a good wide receiver, Duntavian Wicks, had a pretty standard game of a 73.3. He hasn't had his big breakout game yet. I mean, he did have one solid game, 85 grade against Kansas City. But... um, Hasn't hasn't cracked the 90s, mostly just hovering in the 70s, a couple 60s mixed in, but um, I'm beyond happy with his level of consistency. At six was Ben Sims. He played 13 snaps, had a 75 grade. Looks like run blocking was his big thing, which is perfectly fine with me. Uh, After that, we jump up into the 80s. Zach Tom with an 84 PFF grade. Actually a little disappointing when, when we get into the details on that, but again, PFF seems to think run blocking is more important than pass blocking, so that's how that works out. Um, And then from there, we basically jump into the 90s. Aaron Jones is the fourth highest graded with an 89.7 grade, um, is receiving pass blocking and rushing grades were all in the 80s, which brings it up to about a 90. In third place, believe it or not, Jordan Love, 92.5 PFF grade, 92 passing grade. Number two, Romeo Dobbs, believe it or not, there's somebody higher, 93.2 grade, 93.1 receiving grade. Number one, Luke freaking Musgrave, 93.4 grade, 93.7 receiving grade. With that one game, that boosts his overall grade up to a 67, which doesn't seem that great. However, um... His second half of the year, he started to pick things up around week nine, 
right? So week nine, he had a, about a 70 grade. Then week 10, he had a 73. And then week 11, it dipped back down to a 60. He comes back week 18, has his best game of the year at a 76 in week 18 against Chicago, and then against Dallas, a 93.4. I don't know. I'm going to have to go check, but that might be, I mean, that's that's one of the better performances you're going to get. And and if you're going to go back and watch the tape or whatever, make sure you keep an eye on Luke Musgrave um, because he must have been doing some special stuff out there. But um, that's got to be one of the better performances from a rookie tight end this year. I mean, as far as as far as the games go. So I, I don't want to do it right now, but it's one of those I kind of want to look since about week nine, which again is when the offense kind of picked up in general and see where he's at because I have a feeling he's one of the top tight ends in that span, as is Tucker Craft, although this past week wasn't great for him. Uh, a little bit more on the details. Jordan Love, we know the basic stats and all that. Um, they accredit him with two big-time throws, zero turnover-worthy plays. That's about 10% of his passes were big-time throws. Adjusted completion percentage was 81%. I, I, I've never seen anything like this, I don't think, in my entire life. Jordan Love had a 90 PFF grade when, when clean. He had a 90.2 PFF grade while under pressure, and he was under pressure 33% of the time. It's not like he was pressured twice and it was a 90 grade. Jordan Love was under pressure one-third, literally 33.3% of his snaps. He was 5 of 7 for 152 yards and two touchdowns. There is nobody in the NFL more dangerous under pressure right now than Jordan Love. Pressure Jordan Love at your own peril. As far as the receivers, you look at yards per route run. Um, some pretty ridiculous numbers here for a couple guys. Luke Musgrave, maybe part of the reason his grade was as good as it was, for the record, only ran eight routes. So he was three for three for 52 yards and a touchdown, 6.5 yards per route run. So dude's on a snap count right? Similar to Christian Watson, he also only played eight snaps. So if you're wondering why maybe he had a down day or whatever, only caught the one pass, that's a big part of it. Interestingly, and I actually didn't even throw that much because we weren't on the field, I don't think, all that much. We just, you know, pass, pass, touchdown. But uh, the most plays, the most snaps by a player um, on offense was Tucker Craft with 19, which is pretty wild. After that was Romeo 17. Speaking of Romeo, his yards per route run, 9.44 yards per route run. Dude basically got us a first first down worth of yards every time he ran a route. And then looking at the offensive line a little bit closer, left tackle Rashid Walker, 56 snaps, 88 pass blocking grade, 48 run blocking grade. I guess you'll take it, but you'd ideally like a little bit more than that. However, um, Really impressive what he's doing as a pass blocker overall. I mean, 56 run blocking grade, but a 75.4 pass blocking grade on the season. Only had really two bad games, one kind of subpar, one actually bad, and that was week seven against Denver. I mean, he's not David Bakhtiari, and I don't think he's ever going to be David Bakhtiari, but is he a serviceable tackle? He really is, which is just shocking to me. Um, just glorious. Elton Jenkins, uh, 66 pass blocking, 59 run blocking. Kind of hope for something a little better than that. I mean, this is a tough group. There's no doubt about it. And they sent tons and tons of blitzes, which can complicate things. You're blocking two guys at once, and you're trying to get communication down and all that stuff. But all excuses aside, you kind of hope for better than that. Sean Ryan, four snaps at left guard. Um, he actually had 22 at right guard. But again, 39 pass blocking, 45 run blocking, just an awful day. 
Royce Newman, three snaps at left guard. Um, he had a 55.6 run blocking grade. At center, we had Josh Myers. He had a 65 pass blocking, 51 run blocking. At right guard, again, Sean Ryan actually played kind of a lot. Um, looks like they're still doing that rotating to see who the guy is thing over there at right guard. Maybe, I don't know. Kind of weird to be doing that in the postseason unless somebody just keeps getting hurt. I don't know. But John Runyon absolutely stood out. Um, 82 pass blocking grade compared to Sean Ryan's 39 pass blocking grade. And then run blocking, John Runyon 62, Sean Ryan 45. So I absolutely think John Runyon is winning that competition, despite the fact that John Runyon has been struggling. But um, his pass blocking has actually improved, improved since about week 14. He had one terrible game week 16 against Carolina. Other than that, though, it's been 83, 85, 62, 78, 82. It's been very, very, very good. So hopefully he's kind of figuring it out. We need him down the stretch to make sure that he has that. Um, and even the run blocking down the stretch has not been that bad. He's had one bad run blocking um, in the last like four weeks or so. So it's it's not terrible. Um, Sean Ryan right now is rocking a 50 pass blocking grade and a 47 run blocking grade. It's pretty appalling stuff. And then at right tackle, we did have three snaps from Yash Nyman. I think that obviously that's when we pulled. Actually, you know what? That's what it was. It was uh, that's what Royce was probably doing out there. Now that I think about it, because it's three snaps, so that makes sense. Yash Nyman had his three snaps, basically just graded out his average. But Zach Tom, fifty pass blocking grade, which is not great. Tough competition, tough matchup, no doubt about it. I get it. I'll give you a day, especially since we we uh, won the day. But I would hope that uh, we can bounce back from that 50 pass blocking grade a little bit. However, on the bright side, 91 run blocking grade from Zach Tom. Just absolute domination. In fact, that actually brought his run blocking grade on the season up to an 80. He's got to be one of the better run blocking tackles we've had in a very long time. Uh, Pass blocking grade is still at a 73, despite the... uh, he hasn't actually had a very good game in a long time. In fact, basically, he hasn't had an 80 PFF grade block uh, pass blocking since week one. That was his only one of the season. Just a bunch of kind of low 70, high 60 games pretty much all year. But definitely a more balanced tackle in that he's he's a good pass blocker and a good to potentially very good run blocker, I guess, which surprises me. But why don't we take a break? We'll come back, play a couple more fun clips, do the defense, and call it a day, I guess. Take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. 
And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I mentioned how some Bears fans are out pretending that the only thing they have to worry about is um, is which quarterback they're going to pick and all that. I don't even know if that's true because they're not even really hiding it. I saw a newspaper article front page with Jordan Love on it saying we've got a new quarterback to hate. But uh, here's another. This is becoming very, very popular. I don't even know who this is. It's somebody on TikTok, but it keeps floating around social media. People keep sending it to me. So uh, we're, we're, we're going to do it again. But Bears fans, you know, you knew Vikings fans too. They watched this game. Lions fans too watched this um, Packers game, just praying for the demise. Although Lions fans, I guess, were at least pretending to root uh, for the Packers so that they get a quote unquote easier path or whatever nonsense. Um, but anyways, here we go with whoever this is. The fact that Jordan Love is playing how he's playing, dude's wide f-ing open, bro. You can't make this shit up, bro. You can't make this shit up, bro! This is everything the Bears wanted to see from Justin Fields. Literally everything. And he's doing this with f***ing nobodies, bro. Nobodies! We can't keep making these excuses for Justin Fields year in and year out when he has... When Jordan Love is throwing to guys like... I mean, Musgrave's good, but... Uh, I mean, third stringers, to be honest with you. His wide receiver core. Christian Watson. Reed. Um, you know, they're not like primary... Like, we got... Like, I can't even talk, bro. Like... Caleb Williams might be the solution for the Bears, bro. I can't keep watching this, bro. I just can't. He's owning the Cowboys. The Cowboys suck. You're in and you're out in the playoffs. It's the same shit, bro. Look at Jerry Jones. This is what sucks being a Bears fan, bro. Every year it's the same shit. And the Packers, they somehow find a way. Find another way to pull this quarterback, Jordan Love, straight from their ass. At this point, just put Trey Lance in, bro. Look at that stat line oh my god every year it's the same with the cowboys bro every year and I, you know this year i wanted to give it in the benefit of the doubt i thought this was that year silly me i should have never believed bro i should have never believed 40 plus points in three quarters on the road is insane Unfucking real bro so on to the defense news over here is not quite as positive 22 different players took a snap only nine of them had above or average or above grades. Only three with good or better grades. Zane Anderson with a 28. Eric Wilson, 35. Kingsley and Igbare, 47. Preston Smith with a 48. Yes, he got the sack when it counted, but whatever. TJ Slayton, 49. Isaiah McDuffie, 51. Devontae Wyatt, 51. Quay Walker, 53. Lucas Van Ness, 56. Colby Wooden, 47. Carrington Valentine with, let's just say, about an even 60. Jonathan Owens, 60. Rashawn Gary, 60. Kenny Clark, 60. 
Corey Ballantyne, 62. Carl Brooks, 63. Devondre Campbell, 64. Robert Rochelle, 64. Anthony Johnson, 64. And then we get into the good stuff, finally. Keyshawn Nixon with a 71. Jair Alexander with an 83. Darnell Savage with a 92. So the DBs showed up today, so I'll take that. Because we saw it. I mean, we, we saw Dak with just nowhere to go. So kudos to them. Keyshawn, you de- I, think, I think I remember one time him having kind of a rough play. I don't remember what it was, but it just felt like aside from that, every time I saw him, it was a pretty impress- impressive play. Obviously, we know about Jair's pick and Darnell Savage's pick six. Um, but overall, relatively disappointing. And I think a lot of this probably came down the stretch. A lot of, I mean, it still counts, you know, when they're throwing against you and running against you and doing all this stuff against you uh, down the stretch. Even if you want to pretend it's garbage time, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect things. Uh, not a single 70 grade against the run. There were some close ones. 68 Carrington Valentine, 69 Carl Brooks, 69 Rashawn Gary. But that's pretty disappointing to not have a single one. Uh, tackling, nothing really bad. Uh, Devondre Campbell with a 56 and Jonathan Owens with a 50. That's basically it. Pass rush, the only positive pass rush grade was Keyshawn freaking Nixon. Uh, he had one pass rush attempt and it ended in a sack. Otherwise, um, everybody was below a 60 except Devontae Wyatt and Kenny Clark. Coverage grades, uh, the really bad grades, Eric Wilson, 31. Zane Anderson, 32, which those are the guys that came in, you know, when we were shutting it down and then they completely, you know, you know what it all down their leg and we had to put all our starters back in. But uh, McDuffie also a 50. And then on the positive side, Keyshawn Nixon, 71. Jair, 84. Darnell Savage, 91. Pressures, there were 18 total pressures in this game. We had three from Kingsley, who, by the way, uh, sounds like he's done for the year with an ACL tear. Sorry to hear that for Kingsley. Um, Thank you for your service up to this point, and we hopefully can get him back. Um at some point next year to be able to pick up where he left off. Devontae Wyatt was the only other one with three pressures. Lucas Van Ness had two. Rashawn Gary had two. Preston Smith had two. And then it was one for Quay, Carl Brooks, Jonathan Owens, Keyshawn Nixon, Devondre Campbell, and Kenny Clark. Um, Guys that had attempts with nothing. Colby Wooden actually had 27 attempts with no pressures. Uh, TJ Slayton, 11 with no pressures. Eric Wilson, just one with no pressures. The sacks. Lucas Van Ness, Keyshawn Nixon, Devondre Campbell, and Preston Smith. Then we go over to the coverage snaps. Um, We've got 59. There's a lot of different passes in this game from the Dallas Cowboys. So 59 total targets, 41 total receptions. Keyshawn Nixon was actually the most targeted in this game. 12 targets, which goes without saying is a really high number. But eight receptions for 56 yards and a pass breakup is really all they got out of that. Relatively high, but not the worst. Carrington Valentine, nine targets, four receptions, 33 yards. Quay Walker, eight targets, four receptions, 34 yards. Devondre Campbell, eight targets, uh, seven receptions, 85 yards. That's pretty rough, but he did get one pass breakup in there. Corey Valentine, six targets, four receptions, 41 yards. Eric Wilson, four targets, four receptions, 46 yards, and a touchdown given up. Jonathan Owens, three targets, three receptions, 16 yards, and a touchdown given up. Jair Alexander, three targets, two receptions, 25 yards, and a pick. Isaiah McDuffie, two targets, two receptions, uh, 10 yards. Darnell Savage, two targets, two receptions. He had um, one touchdown and one 
pick six. And obviously when there's two receptions, you would assume that they're saying that that interception was not targeted at him, which it wasn't. Otherwise, Anthony Johnson, one target, zero receptions. Zane Anderson, one target, one reception, 47 yards. That's obviously quite rough. So that is about it for um, Green Bay Packers grades. So let's say we finish this thing off the right way and find us some more clips. Let's take it back to the Dallas Cowboys. Here is a newscast directly uh, immediately following the game. Many fans say they're disgusted and want change. Disgusted. I am upset. You feel me? I am from Virginia. I flew all the way in today to watch this. I'm sick. Frustrated. We got another Romo on our hands. Choke like I'm disappointed. We need another quarterback, another coach, everything. It don't matter to me. It don't matter. That's how Cowboys fans felt after watching the team implode once again in the playoffs. We need help. We need Jesus. Many blaming the coaches. (laughs) Mike McCarthy losing at home against the Packers. A lot. I think legacy gone, man. Like, you won a Super Bowl with the Packers, and then you go take over a new team, and you lose at home against that team. Without Aaron Rodgers. You know, It's that's... embarrassing. Others, the quarterback. No more Dak Prescott. ASAP, new quarterback. Dak, get him out of here. Trey Lance, the next stud. Let's go. Oh, Let's go, Rangers. And many fans demanding change. 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 12 and 5. Who cares when we lose like this to the freaking Packers who shouldn't even be here? It's disgusting. Let's get a real head coach. If he can't do it for us, let's get a new quarterback. I'm tired. Fans came from all over and dealt with the cold weather just to watch this mess. We drove far for no reason. Fans say they were fed up and freezing. We're from Florida. We're freezing our off. I'm still here since 10 just to freeze to lose. Not working. There was enough blame to go around as the Cowboys suffered one of the most embarrassing losses in the team's playoff history, and now fans are left disappointed once again. At AT&T Stadium, I'm Rebecca Lopez. Back to you. And again, I'll repeat what I've said now numerous times about them doing this to themselves. You heard the guy in there, the Packers shouldn't even be here. Well, why is the guy saying that? Well, it would be a lot easier to just be like, you know what, uh, actually, they, they I'll be honest, they look pretty good. I mean, nobody wants to say that after a loss. You're pretty disappointed. I get it. Um, I mean, we do that occasionally. Where it's like they, they look better than, than we anticipated. But it's because they've been talking so much trash this whole time and because they hate the Green Bay Packers. And the last thing they want to do is give them any credit. So rather than just acknowledge what actually happened, we need to completely burn this franchise to the ground. A, a franchise that put together a really good football team. They had a good record, won a lot of games, probably would have beat a lot of teams in the playoffs, but they caught a white-hot Green Bay Packers team, and that's ultimately what did happen. But they're not going to admit that. And so they're going to burn this franchise to the ground. They're going to get rid of their quarterback, who is, you know, if you're looking from week one to the end of the season, potentially the best quarterback in the entire NFL this past year. You're going to get rid of your coach that's gotten you to the playoffs every single year, basically. Your defensive coordinator's gone. He's probably going to end up being the head coach of Seattle or something. So, I mean, if that's what you want because you just don't want to admit that the Packers are better than you, then I guess go for it. Go for it. Go get a new quarterback. See how easy it is. Just go pick one up real quick. You are in the playoffs, right? So, let's see. When are you picking now? Your spot should be pretty well solidified here. I know I'm still watching a game currently, but... You're going to be picking around uh, pick 24. Pick 24. You're going to get your franchise quarterback. He's going to what? Come out next year, you're going to win a Super Bowl? It could happen. I mean, Packers did it, but, you know, he had to sit, and you also are not the Packers when it comes to that. So 
But let's take it back to the Bears one more time here. Um, this is another really popular guy. I used to watch him on YouTube all the time. He's basically shut down his YouTube. I think he's blown up probably so much on the TikTok that he doesn't really feel the need to uh, to post anywhere else. But you'll recognize his voice if you know him. Very famous a uh, Chicago Bears guy who's known for just his complete freaking meltdowns. <laughs> You, if I didn't know better, I would say that he's faking it. A lot of these guys, I'm like, you guys are faking it. Although that last guy, I'm pretty sure he's serious. He's he's actually not mentally doing well. But I've seen this guy before. He's done full live streams. He gets super jacked up. And um, here he is. There's there's about three seconds of happiness when he genuinely believes the Packers are going to lose. And then it's just downhill from there. As a Bears fan, all I have is watching the Packers lose in the playoffs. Third and two. They hand it off. Great start, Dallas! Dak. Dak. Was that picked? It's Jair Alexander. Pressure's coming. Get to him. No. Get way. 21 0. Second and two. This is over. The Packers are. Dallas, what are you doing? All I know is pain. All I know is pain. Gotta score here. Ferguson, comeback. Comeback starts right now. He's got three touchdowns. <laughs> oh my God, he's open. It's over. It's over. Love is him. They have their next great quarterback. That FC North is fucked. <laughs> Oh, it's so good to hear him say it. I'm, I'm going to start. You know what I should do? I'm going to clip all these, and I'm going to save them. And when Bears fans start wanting to talk about how love actually isn't that good or whatever, I'm just going to play reactions of Bears fans admitting that this is what I should. I should put it together because this goes back a couple weeks. This goes back to the Bears game when you had those guys in the media slouched in their chair going, they did it again. You know, we, this is what we wanted Justin Fields to be, and instead, they get him. But i tell you what, let's, let's just end with this. Here's a, a tweet from Kevin Cole. I've mentioned him a few times, stat guy. Highest EPA per play in the playoffs since 2000. Minimum 20 dropbacks. The number five, 2003 Peyton Manning versus Kansas City. 2007 Phillip Rivers versus Indy. 2005, Ben Roethlisberger versus Cincinnati. 2003, Peyton Manning versus Denver. The number one is 2023, Jordan Love versus Dallas. Understand that although there are different metrics that you can use, based on this metric, which is a very respectable metric if you wanted to find out just best performance, based on this, Jordan Love's first ever playoff game was arguably the greatest quarterback performance in a playoff game at least since 2000. Go ahead and let that sink in. You all have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.